Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and it is my pleasure to continue to announce that the Ron Hextall era is over in Pittsburgh. As you all know, on Friday, Ron Hextall is general manager, Chris Pryor, assistant general manager, and Brian Burke, president of hockey operations, were all relieved from their duties by Fenway Sports Group as a new era is on the rise for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They will be starting the general manager search, and we will see what comes of that. But with that in mind, I wanted to take today to look back on the Ron Hextall era because it wasn't an era of much success. No playoff series wins. They made the playoffs two out of three years, but there were some positives. There were also some negatives, hence the reason that man is out of a job right now. So this is the best and the worst moves of the Ron Hextall era of the Pittsburgh Penguins. He was hired in February of 2021 after the shocking dismissal, not dismissal, the shocking leaving of Jim Rutherford as general manager of the Penguins. Two weeks later, Hextall and Burke became the new brain trust at UPMC Lemieux Complex. And since then, many moves have been made. The roster looks vastly different now than it did back then. And we're going to dissect some of the best and the worst decisions made by Ron Hextall when he sat in the big chair for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's start with a bad one. Not addressing the goaltending situation last offseason. It had been two, at the moment, playoff series losses almost directly due to goaltending performance slash health. Right? The Islanders series, Tristan Jari was abysmal. One of, to this day, the worst performances by a goaltender in a playoff series in the history of the National Hockey League. And what made it even worse was, they didn't have a backup to go to. Casey DeSmith was not healthy, and the backup at that point was Maxime Legasse, who had at that point one game in the year, which was the last game of the season, a meaningless game against the Buffalo Sabres in which he got a shutout. Mike Sullivan decided it's probably best to let Tristan Jari stay the course, and the course went into a double overtime turnover that effectively ended the Pittsburgh Penguins season. And then in 2021, of course, Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith both injured, and we got the pleasure of watching Louis Domingue try to take down the New York Rangers. That didn't go well. And yet, after seeing that two straight postseasons, Ron Hextall held the same cards in his hand entering this season. And unfortunately, goaltending was once again one of the primary reasons the Pittsburgh Penguins will not be playing in the playoffs, which begin later tonight. So not addressing it in the late least. I understand not going away from Tristan Jari and not ending that relationship with one year left. You want to see what you have in him. You want to give him another shot. He really has only had one opportunity to be the true starter of an entire playoff series. So I get that. But you had to know that something had to happen behind him. If you weren't changing that, you needed to change what was behind him. And Casey DeSmith was re-signed to a two-year contract, which made absolutely no sense. So that's that's number one on the negative side. A positive move that he made. And stay with me here, because at this moment it doesn't feel like it. But initially trading for Jeff Carter was a pretty good move by Ron Hextall. 
Carter was acquired in 2021, just a mere months after Ron Hextall was hired as Penguins general manager. Penguins sent back two, ended up being third round picks to the LA Kings. And in that first little stretch from the trade deadline on, Jeff Carter had nine goals in 14 games. And if you remember that playoff series correctly, Jeff Carter also was a big scoring threat against the New York Islanders that year. He looked good. He had one year left on his contract. The Penguins were paying him, I believe, $2.2 million because there was salary retained from the LA Kings. And some of us, including me, raising my hand for those who obviously can't see because this isn't a video podcast, thought that he might even retire after that season. Carter had had, had, had issues with back injuries, back surgeries. I thought, okay, bring him over. Win one for the Gipper, similar to what they did with Patrick Marlowe, although Marlowe ended up going back to San Jose, and call it a day as he retires after the season. Not only did he play the following season, and had similar performances, sometimes was effective, sometimes was not as effective, but you could tell, hey, this ship is starting to sink. Then we get to the worst. See, Jeff Carter falls on both sides of the spectrum here. That was the best, acquiring him in the trade. The worst was extending him. Signing him to a two-year deal worth $3.125 million. And to make matters worse, you slapped a no-move clause on it. That was the moment you said, oh, that's right, these two are buddies. Because no one in their right mind would give 38-year-old Jeff Carter over $3 million and a no-move clause at that age. Just complete malpractice of the position. He was practically useless for 75% of the season, and I feel like I'm being generous on that. Useless for 75% of this season. And they still have him for another year and have practically no way of getting rid of him. Right? Jeff Carter said at his locker room cleanout, I like Pittsburgh. I plan on playing again next year, basically. You're not getting rid of that. So Jeff Carter, and some might argue that that is the worst move that Ron Hextall made as general manager of the Penguins, is re-signing Jeff Carter to a two-year deal with a full no-move clause. I'm going to tell you there's something worse. But before that, let's talk about something else that he did good. This was, I'm going to say, and I've said it before, basically landing on the free spot and bingo, right? Re-signing Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang to their extensions. Anybody with a brain could have told you probably best to bring back two of the best players in the history of the team when they're still performing historically well. I get it. 35, 36 years old. Advanced age. Somebody in Latang who you expect whenever he hits that wall, he's going to hit that wall and drop straight down. But last year, Chris Latang had a career season. Evgeny Malkin albeit only playing 41 games out of the 82, had over a point per game. He was very good when he was healthy. So you re-signed them. And guess what? It paid off. Latang had a lot of trials and tribulations, which we've talked about extensively, but was still a good player and still performed under market value, right? He's getting paid $6 million. He performed as if he was 
An $8 million defenseman. He was worth more than he was paid. Same goes for Evgeny Malkin, especially Evgeny Malkin. Over a point per game, played all 82 games for the first time since, I believe, 2017-18 or sometime. No, actually, it, it was a lot longer than that. But played all 82 games. The most games he's played in a long time. And I get it. It's a gimme to actually do it. But I will give him credit. He did a good job on the negotiation side. He signed a below market value, got very good value out of those two players for this year, and because of that was able to bring back both Brian Rust and another player, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. So that's a positive there for Ron Hextall. Another negative, and this one, honestly, top two. Top two worst things he did, and for a while, it was number one. Leader in the clubhouse for a long, long time. His handling of the Seattle Kraken expansion draft was horrible. If there was ever a general manager that you could tell did not pay attention during the 2017 expansion draft of the Vegas Golden Knights, it seemed like every other general manager had figured it out, right? Because the Vegas Golden Knights fleeced Everybody in 2017. The Penguins were just in the position where, hey, we think we're done with Marc-Andre Fleury. Here's Marc-Andre Fleury. It was the most peaceful way to not have a franchise staple on your roster anymore. The most peaceful breakup in the history of superstars and their teams, right? Not so much in 2021. Hextall trades Jared McCann to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a seventh-round pick and Philip Hollander. Kyle Dubas looks like a genius in that deal. Well, if they were able to keep McCann, they'd have a really good depth player, which Toronto at the time very much needed. But instead, Dubas practically traded Philip Hollander, who's a middle-of-the-road, at this point, probably below-average NHL prospect, and a seventh round pick, which more often than not turns into nothing, for the person that he's just going to let go to Seattle and never have to worry about because he never actually really had him on his team. Kyle Dubas looks like a genius. Ron Hextall looks like an idiot. That was bad enough. Now, of course, hindsight makes this even worse because Jared McCann this season became the first 40 goal scorer ever for the Seattle Kraken in their second year of existence. Going to let you know one thing here. Nobody on the Penguins scored 40 goals this year. They had a lot of 25-goal scores. They had a lot of uh, a couple, a handful of 30-goal scores. Nobody scored 40. Now, I will say this, because I've seen the conversation online. Jared McCann would likely have never been a 40-goal scorer for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He just would never have been given that opportunity that he has been in Seattle. But he would have been miles better than anybody on the bottom six this year. He would have been miles better than anybody on the bottom six last year. So that was bad enough. Not only that, you then lose Brandon Tanev in the actual expansion draft. And you can say, well, it's the expansion draft. Everybody loses somebody. What can you do? You could have not protected Jeff Carter 
I highly doubt that Seattle would have taken Jeff Carter. And if they would have, at this point, would have been great. I, I Again, I highly doubt they would have. But if they didn't, cool, you kept Jeff Carter. If they did, cool. You don't have to worry about Jeff Carter anymore. Not only did they protect Jeff Carter over Brandon Tanev, but they also protected Teddy Bluger, a player that has now been traded, was part of a cap-clearing project at the 2023 deadline. His handling of the expansion draft, one of the worst moments in a tenure that had several horrendous moments, hence being fired two years in. Let's talk about his best moment, though. Trading for Ricard Raquel and retaining Ricard Raquel. In that instance, both of those things were great. He did not give much away to begin with to the Anaheim Ducks to get Raquel to the Penguins last year during the trade deadline. Gave away Dom Simone on an expiring contract. Zach Aston Reese on an expiring contract. Callie Klang, really good goaltending prospect. But the Pittsburgh Penguins had two in a similar situation in Callie Klang and Joel Blomqvist. So they felt okay getting rid of one. I will say that makes sense. And a second round pick. So basically, two non-factors in Simone and Czar. You gave away Callie Klang and a second round pick for Ricard Raquel, who is a top six forward right now, will be a top six forward for multiple years and almost scored 30 goals this season. It's a great deal. He was great for the Penguins immediately upon coming over last season. And he was fantastic this year after signing that six-year contract in the offseason. Now, I'll echo the same sentiment I said last year. Six years is a long time. I'm not sure what the back end of that contract is going to look like. That worries me a little bit. But at the same time, when you're trying to win Stanley Cups, that's the type of deal you make. You get the cap down lower, and you just sign the guy for longer, knowing that in the back end, your team's not going to be great anyway, because Crosby, Malkin, and Latang will be done. Makes sense. Good signing. Five more years of it. The first year was phenomenal. 60 points in 82 games for Ricard Raquel. 28 goals, 32 assists. Clean piece of business for Ronald Hextall. But that leads us to the worst, absolute worst, in my opinion, performance of the Ron Hextall era. The trade deadline in 2023. There are general managers who were desperate. Kyle Dubas was desperate. He pushed all the right buttons. Ron Hextall was desperate. He pushed every button incorrectly. He cleared out Kasperi Kapanen and Brock McGinn. That's $3.2 million of Kapanen for this year and next. That's $2.75 million for Brock McGinn, which is this year, next year, and the following year. Let's not forget he signed both of those deals. But he cleared those out, and you're thinking, okay, let him cook. Let's see what he does. Moving in the right direction. Getting rid of the dead weight. Let's see what he brings in to fill the hole and make this team better. And then it happened and you just say, why was that? Nick Benino, three games played as a member of the Penguins. Unfortunate injury, a sad story, and a return that really just never got off the ground. Dmitry Kulikov. You might have had to bring him back to make the McGinn deal work to clear up the cap space. Why was he playing when he was healthy? He was also injured for majority of the latter part of the season. But why was he in the lineup when he was he was healthy? He shouldn't have ever 
stepped foot on the ice in game action as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins, in my opinion. And then there's the Grand Bambino, Mikhail Granlund. Horrendous acquisition. $5 million. So you replaced Kappen and McGinn, two players that were underperforming, even though McGinn had a really hot start to the season. Way overperforming what was expected of him. He had a hot start to the season. Kappen and it never meshed. Shouldn't have been re-signed in the first place. You move out two players that have been underperforming, and you bring in Mikhail Granlund for more money and the same amount of years. So what was the deal? Like, if he, was he going to come over and be great? Is that what we expected? And now we know uh, after the firings that it was Chris Pryor's idea. That man should never get another job because this was a horrendous deal. The Penguins are now stuck with Granlin for two more seasons. And there's not a there's not a clause on it, but still, who's going to take that deal? Nobody. He scored one goal and five total points in 21 games with the Pittsburgh Penguins. That is a pace of four goals and 20 points over an entire season. He's awful. He's awful. If the Penguins can get rid of his contract this summer, that's going to be the second happiest day among Penguins fans this entire summer. The first one happened last Friday. The second one will happen if they're able to offload Granlin's contract. Was horrendous for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I don't see it getting much better. Some honorable mentions before we go here. Re-signing Danton Heinen and Kasperi Kapanen over Evan Rodriguez last summer makes no sense. I understand you don't want to overpay for somebody who just had a career season and is probably not going to repeat that, but re-signing a guy instead for more money in Kasperi Kapanen to a multi-year deal who's coming off of one of his worst seasons he's ever had, an okay season the year before that, and a year in which he played like 15 games before that. It didn't look like it was working with Kapanen, so you thought you figured it out and signed him for multiple seasons at the same price tag when you probably only deserved $2 million? And then you re-sign on top of that Danton Heinen, which at the time, I'll give it to you, looked good. That didn't work out at all. Evan Rodriguez, still playing pretty good hockey for the Colorado Avalanche. And oh, yeah, he'll be playing tomorrow in game one. Another one, trading Mike Matheson for Jeff Petrie and Ryan Paling. Matheson was faster, more offensively inclined, kept the team speed up, was a great offensive facilitator. Jeff Petrie just wasn't it this year. He wasn't. Ryan Paling is a nice young player. It's not worth the squeeze if you trade Mike Matheson. The Marino deal for, for Ty Smith, it doesn't make sense if you're trying to compete. It makes sense in the same aspect that the Kapanen and McGinn deals made sense before the Granlin deal. You got the first half right. You're clearing out cap space, but you have to be able to, to pull through and replace it with somebody good. He was never able to pull through. Not on most of his deals. Raquel, great. Resigning the core, great. Some other moves, pretty good. I like the Mark Friedman waiver pickup. That was his first actual move as Penguins general manager. But at the end of the day, he's fired, which means most of his moves did not end up panning out. That's the best and worst of the Hextall era. I'm sure we'll continue to dissect everything there as well as talk about the pending general manager search, which is actually not even pending. It's underway as of right now. But that's going to do it for this episode of Penguins to Go. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from.